0: Hello, thank you for joining us once again. My name is Matt Phillips and you're listening to Run Chat Live, episode 11. So this episode is all about Mr. Martin Ongwen, who is a sensational, inspirational physio from uh, Kenya, who I had the pleasure of meeting when I was out there working with Run Beyond. And... um, there's so much in this episode, um, I don't want to give a lot of it away. We did spend some time commenting on photos. Um, I put photos basically up in the live video recording and and uh, Martin explained where they were, who they were, the people in it. So you lose a little bit of the uh, dramatic effect by listening to the podcast as opposed to watching us on Facebook Live on Sunday mornings. Um, but nevertheless, um, the stuff which Martin comes out with, I hope you find as inspirational as I do. Um, he was part of the recent reasoning responsibility and reform in MSK practice organized by Jack Chu and the rest of the team at physio matters podcast. Um, so there's an awful lot here for the therapist as well. Um, if you're not familiar with the physio matters podcast, then do look it up. Um, you've got so many good episodes, clinical gold, as Jack would say, um, with regards to evidence based, uh, physiotherapy practice. Um, so anyway, I'll let you listen to the wonderful Martin. Um, as always do leave some comments Uh, we've got a few more speakers to add before we get to our live January the 6th episode 15 so enjoy um, and hopefully we will speak to each other soon Bye bye so I think we are live got a very special guest on this morning who I'm really looking forward to introducing to you Um, Martin aka Kenyan Physio who I had the pleasure of meeting um, when I was recently in Nairobi in Kenya I'd heard all about him before thanks to social media and um, I was fortunate enough to be able to meet up with him he came over to the uh, workshop I was doing with some runners and physios out there and uh, since then um, it turns out that he was in high demand in the UK anyway to work with Jack Chu and the Physio Matters podcast team on the Big R's conference. Um, so that will tie together. I couldn't unfortunately make it because of other duties, but um, we've managed to get him on cam today. So um, just in case you're not aware, I'm sitting here at work in Studio 57 Clinic in Hove and I don't start until 11 o'clock today, I think. So um, what we do every week is we do a little kind of podcast web chat thing here where I get a chance to bring on special guests who I think can help both runners and therapists clear up a few of the misconceptions um, in our industry Um, and sometimes especially in the case of Martin just give inspiration to everybody because I think you'll see when we bring him on that he is a particularly inspirational person although his modesty will prevent him from admitting that so without further ado I think what I'll do is bring on Martin and allow him to introduce himself. Martin good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm very good, actually, mate. I'm all better for seeing you. Tell us where. What's it like where you are this morning?
1: Uh, Nairobi. Um, It's it was raining in the morning, uh, but now we have the beautiful sun as usual. So it's a little cold. Um, I have the jumper on. Choose help. So yeah.
0: Um, you said it well as soon as you open your mouth you say beautiful things mate I'm going to be kind of like bigging you up massively because I think you're a great person but what was you said this morning about rain in Africa when it rains
1: uh, well we associate rain with blessings or the um, kind of like you know uh, food uh, the animals are happy everyone's happy but Kenyans don't like to be rained on the <laughs> oh
0: there there we are, there we are. So all you British people whinging poms, talking about, arts, oh, it's raining again. What a terrible day. I can't do this. I can't do that. you just got to change the chip. Put on a different pair of glasses. It's a blessing. Without the rain, we'd be stuffed. Listen to this yeah. man. remember being standing outside you, outside the kind of running business, which um, I'm involved in in Nairobi uh, with George Parks and Run Beyond, who we've got on Run Chat Live December the 6th, I believe, and we're having him here. He's going to be talking live from um, Nairobi as well about the business which you came along being set up. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were standing outside, and I think it was the – might have been the last day when I was about to go off on safari or something, and there was you and me and a couple of other physios, and um, and it was raining outside, and we were kind of just taking in that moment. It was a beautiful day, and it was such a good vibe. And you just start – you looked at me and said something like, you're here. Kissing the reins down in Africa. I just thought, wow, this guy just opens his mouth. It's <laughs> such a beautiful moment. So, yeah, that song, I've always loved that song. Um, but, yeah, it brings me back that wonderful day when we were standing there. So, anyway, The Big R's, um, yeah. you came over, yeah. you did it, and tell us all about it. Introduce it, what it was about, and how you got into it, um, and what the experience was like. Uh, well, uh, The Big R's, uh, that
1: was a very um, I think it was a very beautiful time in my life as a PT. Uh it's uh, it was about uh reform reasoning and responsibility uh, getting physios together uh a group of physios who are like-minded um kind of talking about uh just changing the scope of how we practice. Uh, um, ideally if I could summarize it it's uh about putting the patient um, at the forefront of healthcare and just you know caring sympathizing empathizing with them and uh, you know just giving giving them the best of care um, if i would say uh, so i got involved with the uh, big girls uh due to social media so uh, bless zuckerberg uh, bless the teacher guy the cheater guys <laughs> and everybody else who's involved in kind of um Making the world uh, a small village, like a global village, as, as they say. So um, I used to listen to uh, the physio matters podcast, uh, of course, uh, due to the fact that I was looking for a different way of viewing what physiotherapy is. Uh, you know, uh, having practiced uh, in Nairobi in Kenya, having been trained here, there's the you know ultrasound. Uh, hot parts, cold parts. Ideally, that was the norm of, you know, when you go to a physical therapy clinic, and big files, big patient files of the same condition being treated the same way every other time, yet the patient is not getting better. So I was like, uh, is this really what uh, um, what I signed up for? So then I, you know, went out to look for information on Facebook, on Twitter, on um, then Instagram recently, uh, so, uh, the Physio Matters podcast was kind of like the main go-to. Of course, we had different, uh, you know, different podcasts, um, Eric Mira's podcast, uh, Science PT, uh, the current Litzy, uh, which was also a big one, uh, that I used to listen to every other time to, uh, get to understand what, you know, what is the research? What is the new research about, um, physio? What can I use to best, um, first of all, educate uh, the PTs around Kenya and then improve my patients' lives? So uh, the communication back and forth with uh, back and forwards with Jack, uh, and then um, uh, sometime Jack uh, reached out to me and said, "Would you fancy a Skype call uh, sometime?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do this." Uh, uh, let's get talking. Uh, it'll be it'll be lovely talking to you um, in person. And then as we as we as we were, as we were chatting about you know PT and uh, all the different scopes, uh, different uh, the differences between Kenya and PT in the UK. Uh, so he said, I'm actually organizing something. Uh, it's called it's going to be called the uh, Big Girls. Uh, we're talking, we'll be talking about reasoning, reform and responsibility. And uh, uh, we, may, we may just uh, have you come uh, for the bigger conference. And i was like, okay, uh, I need to get a visa first. <laughs> Up was, to
0: that point, had you been to the UK or kind of like, have you travelled at all?
1: No, um, I hadn't been to the UK. Uh, not, not, uh, not yet. I'd, I'd actually tried um, a couple of years uh, earlier. And uh, they denied me a visa, based off the fact that I was I wasn't married. <laughs> they didn't feel like uh, my employment was uh, uh, enough to get me to the UK and back, and also probably just you know, uh, are you going to come back to Kenya? And we don't you don't give us enough reason to come. Wow, uh, no, right. um, yeah. yeah, but that is our yeah, so, uh, then I, um, I, you know, we, we talked about that and then, uh, I said, let's, let's give it a shot, uh, and cross our fingers that, uh, probably I'll get the visa and travel there. So yeah, um, I eventually got the visa. I got to fly to the UK, uh, uh which was, uh, uh, kind of like a really humbling experience, I would say. I, like who would have thought, um, you know, the, just another Kenyan, uh, a Kenyan physio, uh, going about his business in Nairobi, uh, going to the UK to give a talk. The conference, um, it was, uh, it was something. I, 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 hadn't been in a room full of physios who were thinking the same, the same way before, uh, with great ideas, talking about how do we, how do we improve. I cannot. I cannot start comparing the Kenyan scene to the UK scene in terms of physical therapy because that's a hundred years of advancement, as as opposed to fifty years um, uh, of PT in Kenya. So, um, just uh, being in that room was kind of like uh, some sort of energy that I got, and I was so excited. But I was also feeling small in the sense that uh, I was in a room. Uh, full of uh, really smart people, uh, smart presenters, and I was like, "Okay, uh, how do I go? How do I go about this? How do I, you know, how do I make it happen?" So, but yeah, um, I think uh, after the after my talk, I became a little famous on Twitter. So that was that was a, a kind of something. Uh, it was impressive. Yeah, that's
0: great. That's it's certainly, great. You've certainly loved, loved all yeah
1: Uh, I did um, I did meet uh, uh, almost all the you know I put a face on uh, the people on Twitter that I I used to bother a lot Um, uh, and gates uh, uh, Roger Carey uh, I had not about Roger Carey through dr. Elijah Freeman uh, so I was like, I need to meet, I need to meet this guy, uh, when I get to the UK. So, uh, Adam Meekins, uh, a great guy. Uh, um, it was, it was impressive, yeah. So, Adam
0: Meekins, so Adam Meekins. can you hear that echo from your
1: uh, you? Uh, not, it? yeah, I can hear you, but great. I can I can't hear the echo, yeah.
0: Oh, good. So yeah, Adam Meekins is a great one. This is more for therapists who are kind of involved in Twitter and social media, and because um, let's face it, it, comes across as a loud mouth. I, I won't say the next word, <laughs> uh, but then uh, it's all it's all like capitals, and exclamation marks, and massive, huge, controversial statements. But then you meet him in real life, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of a difference there from what you expected. Yeah, I was like. Uh...
1: You're you're actually a cool guy. Um, guy. <laughs> you're
0: actually a cool
1: guy. <laughs> yeah, very very humble. And I remember I remember telling him that I was I was a little bit tensed and kind of like don't know what to say, uh, don't know how to put out my uh, my presentation. And then he was like, "Don't worry about that. Um, those are human beings just like you are. So get out there and do
0: your thing." So um, I remember those words really clearly. So. It is is amazing meeting these people in person because I think social media can be so useful but it's just at the end of the day words and we read the words as we want to. We've got our own biases and things and especially if they're in capital letters and that. So you get to meet some of the people you've mentioned in person which I've been lucky enough to as well. Um, Yeah and you realise they're just like us you know sometimes you have good days and bad days and also it's useful as well. We were talking about it last week and um, it's, it's sometimes it helps remind you not to have gurus not to set people on pedestals because um, that can be part of the problem in in uh, reforming um, msk and and physical therapy is is people jump onto these kind of guru bandwagons down there and they think that's the only way to do it and they don't listen to anyone else so um yeah well it was a fantastic conference i couldn't have make it there myself unfortunately um but i've seen a lot of the footage from it and um you went down very successfully didn't you
1: yeah, uh, yeah, according yeah. to Twitter and according ah, yeah, to our audience as well. So, uh, yeah, that great a-
0: great. so um, moving on from that, then um, we'll put a link up to Physio Matters podcast and and all that um, in the comments. Of, in, if, if therapists, in particular, are familiar with the Physio Matters podcast, then you should be. as a whole bunch of great. Um, podcasts and interviews with with evidence-based practitioners out there but for now as we've got you here mr martin um i'd like to hear about kind of a bit more about kenya and you growing up and how you became to be a physio and you can take it right back at the beginning yeah i want to hear about your roots and the whole the whole shebang uh
1: okay well um uh i'm from i'm from ideally i would say we are originally from south sudan Cause that's why we kind of, uh, my tribe is the Lua tribe. Um, it's, uh, we originated all the way from Egypt, I would say, kind of following the river Nile and then we settled in Kenya. So we like to live around, uh, uh, water bodies. So, uh, I come from the Western part, which is around the Lake Victoria. Uh, ideally it's the, one of the uh, largest lakes in Africa. And, uh, uh, I was born and raised in Nairobi. So uh, something about me is that my my mom is a physiotherapist. So um, I'll say like mother, like son. A lot of people like to say like father, like son, but mine is a little bit different. So I kind of understood uh, from, a, from a young age what physical therapy is. Um, and uh, just seeing my mom uh, working with patients, she was very... Uh, uh, humble very listening very caring uh just and um, so um i went to of course uh, a primary school within nairobi but then after the bomb blast in 99 i went to boarding school which um i won't, I won't say it was fun being in a boarding school in uh, uh, in one of the rural uh, villages in kenya still the western part of kenya because uh, it was supposed to, supposedly uh, safer than being in Nairobi at the time, uh, so I went to high school. Uh, after high school, I went straight into uh, college, uh, which was PT school. Ideally, I wanted to become uh, a neurosurgeon. Uh, you know, when you're growing up, you have all these ideas of what you what you want to become um, and uh, how life is going to turn out, uh, but. And as you grow up, you realize sometimes it's not the case. So I joined PT school and, um, you know, went through three years of training, which was a diploma course uh, in Kenya, still being offered. We now have uh, different universities that have come up that are offering a bachelor's degree uh, for physio, which was a, uh, kind of takes four years to, uh, to mature or complete. And then... Um, uh, after that, I started practicing. So I practiced in a private clinic, uh, just trying to learn the business, uh, trying to, um, you know, I looked, I, I, I was looking for mentorship. Um, a lot of times, uh, in PT, the, uh, the PT scope in Kenya, you don't really get, um, some form of mentorship as you train. So it's more or less instructions, do this, do that. Do this, do that. When you're in clinics or when you're in hospitals. But I was looking for growth. I was looking for understanding. How do I interact with my patients to kind of uh, give them uh, the best of care? And uh, I, I was, I had a lot of questions. Um, a lot of times, if you ask a lot of questions, you, uh, you either get shunned or you know, why are you asking too many questions? Just do what I told you to do because that's
0: you start to interrupt but did you at the time feel that you were because we hear from a lot of critical thinkers that when they're back studying they did find that they had more questions than the rest of the crew often the people were kind of like stood out as being a problematic student it's like jack chu was one of roger Carey's students and i remember jack saying to me that once i mean he used to drive roger mad really annoyed because he jack was contradicting staff and questioning this and it was only, I think, about four years later after the course or something that Roger Carey actually went up to Jack after things had changed and kind of said to him, look, I realise now that, you know, what you were doing at the time was like brilliant. And he recognised that that's kind of a current theme. Students who become critical thinkers and evolve and, and, and make big footprints in, in, in the changes in our industry tend to be problematic students. So were you different at the time when you were studying or was everybody as critical as you?
1: Uh I was a problematic student, you know, just,
0: uh,
1: uh you know, uh, keeping, uh, in Kenya, people don't keep long hair. A lot of people uh, question you with long hair. You, uh, you don't look like a medical professional. You look like a musician. Uh, I love music, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, but then, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, you know, being in that environment, questioning everything, asking questions, trying to figure out why why do these things not work why do patients keep coming to the clinic and we are doing the same things over and over again we don't see any change in the scope of their well-being but we still keep doing it so I used to you know so I sort of uh, I sort of mentorship from the very beginning and uh, I was lucky enough to be mentored by a uh, physiotherapist called Under uh, undergoes. Of course, mom was always in the background, you know, teaching you what life is. She was not really uh, getting into the PT stuff. She was just being a mom and, you know, uh, teaching me how this is what life looks like. And it's the same way that you're going to treat your patients and treat everybody with kindness. So I learned a lot of that from her. <clears throat> and then, uh, then I joined the orthopedic uh, manual therapy program which is a program in Kenya that is uh, 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 offered at the Kenya Medical Training College where I trained, uh, but in conjunction with the Jackson Foundation, which is uh, um, uh, a residency clinic uh, in the the U.S. So we got amazing lecturers from there. And that was when I started to realize there is actually more to PT than, uh, you know, having patients lay down and put things on their back, you know, don't even, ideally you wouldn't just question, you wouldn't, P, uh, PTs wouldn't even take a history of the patient because the patient already came with a, a diagnosis and what the doctors or other, uh, different specialists wanted us to do with the patients. So you, you there was this scenario where uh, you didn't question the patient, you just had the patient lie and then, you know, do whatever was instructed. So idea, ideally we were, um, technicians, right? There was we, there was no adding value to the patients' lives at the time. Of course, there there were a few PTs who were thinking differently, and they were kind of channeling towards that direction, and I being one of them. So I met I met a lot of uh, great lecturers. I was in great classes. Like I used to go to class every other time. Uh, whenever there was a a, a class offered. offered uh, within the OMT program, so I was that perpetual student, um, and it was just a beautiful experience listening to the podcasts, uh, t- looking for other PTs, and asking, you know, how how about we think differently here? Yeah. Uh, you know, how about we approach it from a different perspective?
0: Mm. and so you mentioned the music that that, that's on interrupt again but the um one of the things i remember from following you on social media was obviously your love for music and and some of the pictures were classic but this particular picture here um can you see that on your screen
1: yeah i can see that
0: what that that struck out to me i mean i i read what was underneath it but tell us when that was taken and what was going on in that photo
1: uh, so uh, this was uh, me in Mombasa at the Agukan. I was following up on one of my students called Lena. She works at the Agukan um, uh, in Mombasa, and uh, so uh, the beauty, the good thing about the, the the clinics there, is they used to play music after every hour. They moved to the different departments, uh, playing music for the patients. And then, uh, they came to the clinic when I, when I was, you know, we were going about our business, uh, treating patients and, you know, kind of talking about, um, different ways of approaching, uh, you know, treatment of low buffing. And then the music started. So I was like, okay, this sounds, this sounds great. Let me join. So my dad, um, my dad used to play that. The instrument there is called the kayamba. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> Uh, part of being in boarding school, I went to a Christian boarding school, you had to be in a choir and you had to sing in church was mandatory that if you didn 't sing, you got punished for that, so I kind of like this instrument um what it 's made out of uh, papyrus reeds, and then you put um lentils inside dried lentils All right. and then you know just kind of if you strum it it makes it makes sound so uh, joining, the, I joined that, and we played music for the patients and patients, and we danced, and uh, kind of like trying to tell patients that, hey, if you, I'm a fan of physical activity and exercise, uh, a little bit biased on that uh, when it comes to uh, treat the, the modes of treatment and prevention of diseases. So I was like, let's use this as an opportunity to educate patients on movement, uh, dancing, music. Uh, just make it fun so that, you know, so that the, it can be done continuously. So that's that was the reason as we did that.
0: Brilliant. And there's other photos of you getting patients to dance as well and all sorts of um, scenarios going on where it looks like, I mean, the common themes. everyone's got a smile on their face. I don't know where the research, you know, stands at the moment because it's always it's very difficult to measure, but, there, you know, we know there must be a link between feeling good and actually feeling less pain, and it's got to be there. And it all comes out the same place, same emotional output. So what I'd like to do then, if it's right with you, Martin, is I'm going to bring up a few more photos. Okay. Uh, I think, I mean, that's one of the things which stands out about your social media feeds. I mean, there's obviously this thing because you are in Kenya and the beauty of Africa and the colors. And I mean, that's just a massive attraction, first of all, but I'd like to know the story behind some of these photos. Is that cool?
1: Yeah. that's
0: Uh, I don't know what order these are going to come in. So you can tell me what's going on. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: So uh, that was uh, at the Emmanuel children's home. So what, what happens there, that's a, a typical gym in Kenya. So uh, in Kenya, when you don't, uh, people are poor. You have uh, people who can't afford certain um, niceties in life. So necessity uh, is the mother of invention, as they say. So ideally what what you see there is a bucket that you cut into half and then you put cement, take a metal bar, and then you kind of just join them together and then you put cement inside and concrete. So uh, you let it dry. So that kind of uh, forms a bar, like a weight bar that you can lift. Uh, you can do deadlifts on. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it, squats, squats. Um, uh, it doesn't usually come out as very accurate on both sides. Uh, sometimes <laughs> one side could be heavier than the other. The other side is a little lighter, but you know, since we know that you always alternate. So if you, if you lift using the right hand on, on the heavier side, you can alternate when you're doing other reps on the other side. And then, uh, that's, uh, you have a bench there that you can lay on and just kind of, uh, do different, you know, uh, rows, uh uh push outs, kind of like bench press and all that. So that's uh Brilliant. that's that bench
0: made with some kind of gaffer tape or something to give you extra panic. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a great it's a beautiful photo. because um, I remember there was a photo I i didn't realise they were actually buckets filled with cement. I thought because they also use kind of like um parking posts, don't they? Is that another thing yeah. you pick up? Those big parking posts. I think it's a classic photo of Kit Chodge using them weight training somewhere and um yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's a lesson for all of us, again, in the UK, runners in particular going, oh, you know, I can't go to a gym or I can't get any equipment. And you just need to use, what did you say, mother? Is, what did you say? No. necessity is, is yeah. Yeah, the mother of invention. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always something heavy around your house you can use. Um, so, yeah, that was great. I love that photo. What else have we got on here? Oh, not do any that one. Let's go back. We know who that is. Down
1: the music, yeah. Where was that Hi. taken?
0: Smiles
1: everywhere. Oh, so that's a, that's a really beautiful photo. Uh, I love it. Uh, so, whoever is there, we have uh, uh, Kyle Feldman, uh, we have Tony, Tony Mulder, we have Lauren, uh, Emily, uh, Carla, Kimberly, and then we have mom. So, the most beautiful smile there is my mom's. Oh, is that uh, your mom? Yeah. So, oh,
0: yeah,
1: I didn't realize. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's at that's uh, Kenyatta National Hospital. Yeah. So uh, these were students from Shenandoah uh, and uh, uh, one of their lecturers, who's Kyle Feldman. And then um, uh, we had uh, 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 Ka- uh, Kimberly, uh, Emily, I mean. So Emily was from the Jacksons Foundation. So they come they come to Kenya uh to help with the mentoring. So the students were being mentored uh by uh the graduates of the orthopaedic manual therapy at the Kenyatta National Hospital, which is one of the biggest um hospitals, referral hospitals and teaching and referral referral hospitals in uh in Kenya and in East Africa. So um that was after you know kind of like ending two weeks of mentoring two weeks of learning uh you know how to treat a different population from your own you know coming they they come to africa and then they get to they come to kenya and then they get to see treat uh different patients kind of uh and see how the physiotherapists in kenya go about their business so uh one one of the beautiful that
0: we have yeah and now we know where your great smile comes from your mum, yeah, she's, she's responsible. <laughs> I never realized that was your mum, it's amazing. What else we got? Oh, there we go, that's another classic photo. Talk us through it, mate.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is uh, the children's home, uh, where uh, so ideally, uh, the, the the previous picture of the gym, so we're sitting on the uh, on the bus, um, yeah, of course, and on the bench, and then uh, I was uh, we we go out to different children's homes as well, in, you know, just to talk about uh, uh, life in general, what it, what it looks like to be a PT or being in the medical profession. Uh, These are, this are, this are children um, that are from the streets. Uh, they get into school, they get rehabilitated, and uh, uh, they have a home. Uh, it's more or less like a boarding environment, but it's away from the streets, so they get food and everything else. So ideally mm-hmm. I was I was trying to um uh just talk to them about what life is life can be different if, you know I know you've been through hardships and all that but we can we can make uh we can make it beautiful again and uh you can be whoever you whoever you want to be when you set your mind to it and I wanted to uh get people to kind of donate books uh as uh, you know kind of like a library for them um uh to towards then starting to think this is the career path I want to walk through. So uh you know uh having to talk to them, take a picture with them in that uh in that environment. It was it was a beautiful day. I was with a few of my other colleagues and we were treating so we had a medical camp as well. So we were treating whoever came in uh with problems. Um uh, doing assessments taking their blood pressure vitals and everything and uh educating them about uh, exercise and movement and uh, yeah so
0: brilliant yeah i mean it sums up the importance of education there's so much we can think we do just i mean one of the expressions over here is you know to get physio or to do physio have you done your physio have you got your physio and People still think that physiotherapy and sports therapy is all about just lying down and having stuff done to you, being fixed with your hands. And mm-hmm. like a photo like that shows there's so much more to it than just having someone lie down and you do things to them. Um, yeah, it's amazing. The education. I mean, the guy at the front in the red T-shirt, did, did he actually smile more than that on the day or is that as good as it got?
1: <laughs> That's as good as it's got.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Um, OK, let's crack on. What have we got? There we go. Let's have a look. talk talks to it.
1: Uh, this is uh, I, I was going to Arusha. Uh, Arusha is in Tanzania, the neighboring country, and uh, we were going for a friend's uh, uh, a kind of like a pre-wedding ceremony. So when you when you're getting uh, when you're getting married in Africa, there's a lot of uh, parties, uh, a lot of uh, you know engagements where you're paying your dowry. You have to pay a dowry to um, uh, get, a kind of like get your wife. So it's a kind of like a whole different traditional process. And this, these are uh, Maasai ladies I met at the border. So they sell the uh, the jewelry, which is handmade. And uh, I was I was interacting with them. We were kind of like talking, and then they apparently they speak uh up to up to more than five different languages because of the environment that they live in and they need to sell because since it's the border you have tourists uh, people from different parts of uh the world uh crossing the border so they speak their language they speak french they speak english uh you know they speak german and i was i was so intrigued by that and i was like uh Let's take a photo together uh, and see they're they're probably credited as tall people. And I was excited that I'm a little taller than they than they <laughs> were. I was like, "Yeah, let's 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 take a photo together." So
0: it's wicked. Um, I remember when um, the George, the director of Run Beyond, who we're having on a, uh, on the sixth, he took me on safari. And when we were just about to leave the safari um, at the at the Kind of entrance point with the guards and that there was a bunch of um, um these ladies here as well trying to sell me their gear, and there was kind of six or seven of them at the forefront showing me elephants and things. I mean it was amazing, beautiful stuff, but you know I was kind of the innocent foreigner who was just kind of like leaning back away from the window with a natural kind of just oh my god what's going on how do I get out of bit come back George, but then suddenly this other lady who looked exactly the same as them stepped through and and put her elbow on the window and goes how are you doing and i'm like no, good, thanks <laughs> she's like you look scared from these people no and she started talking in just brilliant english and i was like just one question how come you speak perfect english and these guys don't speak any she goes oh because I, I went to school and just it was amazing it was just such a, a mental kind of wake-up call of don't judge people by their appearance um and we had a great chat for about five ten minutes whilst the others were trying to force their arms through going buy my elephant this your watch your car and, and all this but it was uh it was I wish I'd ma- I didn't want to video her because I thought it would be a bit of an insult, but it was just mm-hmm. such a, a culture shock against seeing what she looked like, yeah. and then he yeah. just put her elbow down and start talking to me as if she was my next-door neighbour kind of thing. It was it was amazing. It was brilliant. Um, look, there's some comments coming through. with love to you. Credit to Martin, fellow physio and Kenyan brother. Amazing work, bro. We've been following you for a while. That's okay. It's nice, isn't it? Thanks, Ruchab. Yeah. You know this guy, do you? Uh, not he- really. Um, what else we got? I think there's a couple more photos and then I want to get on to talking about Oh, this is a great one as well. God, I could do this all day with you, mate. Um, yeah, talk <laughs> us through this one uh,
1: So this uh, uh, this, uh, The picture, photo credits to Dr. Elijah Freeman he is a, He's a great doctor um, He's a, uh, an orthopedic uh, specialist as well Travels around the world um, treating and uh, uh, teaching So uh, I, let me talk about Freeman first because uh, I reached out to Dr. Freeman uh, on Instagram and on Facebook because he was he was moving around taking pictures. Uh, he's a very great photographer, a great clinician, and um, uh, I reached out to him and said, uh, "Doc, would you fancy uh, coming to Kenya?" And then uh, of course he's he went here he went kind of trying to dig around for information about who's this African boy, uh, you know, uh, telling me to come to Kenya, just like that. Uh, So apparently he's a good friend of Roger Carey. Uh, So he asked Roger Carey, do you know this kid? Uh, And then, you know, uh, Roger probably, yeah, said, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a a physio from Kenya. And then, um, uh, you know, Dr. Freeman should, you know, said, yeah, I think I want to come to Kenya. And he showed up, you know. um, I didn't even go to pick him up at the airport. (laughs) I sent my brother (laughs) because I was, you know, uh, uh, busy with other things. So we went to the Maasai village uh, to treat and teach them uh, on, you know, just different forms of exercise. So a lot of times we assume that since uh, they walk a lot, they move about, they don't have these pains that people do. But uh, apparently they do, and um, if you look at my Facebook, I've been talking about cancer and men speaking out. Uh, in in Africa, Kenya, uh, especially, a lot of the men don't speak out about what what they go through. So we go through a lot, but we keep quiet about it, uh, even if it's painful uh, experiences uh, to the extent. Even if you go to a clinic, you're told you're still told to, hey, be a man, that's you know, that's that's fine kind of, you know, that'll go away. Just be a man it'll go away. So this picture we were we were treating whoever was having any form of musculoskeletal pain and we were just explaining to them what you know what pain is and treating them and you know, they were showing us around, so we were kind of trying to learn the culture, the culture and the traditional aspect of medicine and, you know, just trying to introduce a new way uh, of treating them. So you can see um, um, you don't need a table that goes up and down to, uh, pr- you know, provide uh, a treatment procedure to a patient. So um, that's, and they were like, you know, what is this guy doing? What are you doing to this guy? And uh, uh, I think I told them you he'll, he'll explain to you later after... You know what he feels about this after we are done. So I'll let him. I'll make. I'll let him make the judgment about it. That's
0: so that's brilliant. us deep in the Maasai village, treating people there. That's a great photo. It really, is amazing. And and yeah, I, I recommend again that not just therapists, but everybody has a look at your Facebook feed um, for your raising awareness over non-communicable diseases and and the guy speaking up. So I think it's obviously it's exaggerated um, over in kenya and Nairobi, it sounds like but even over in the uk guys have that kind of macho provider kind of thing of not talking about emotions and that sort of stuff um there's a big thing over here at the moment about mental health and kind of speaking up if you don't feel very well and just not being afraid no one's going to judge you and if they do judge you then just move on to someone else so yeah it's definitely worth people checking out your facebook feed for that sort of thing i think we got a couple more maybe oh we've talked about roger already he's had enough limelight i think already do want have you heard his music? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, got a, I got a CD from... You got uh, the CD. I've still yeah. got to go and see him live at some point. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, great voice. Really great stuff. Um, there we go. Let's finish up on this one. Who is this dude in the hat? <laughs> so
1: that's uh, that's my partner in crime. Um, I call him Shadrach Wobwire Okumu. He's actually right now, he's in Uganda, uh, you know, spreading the... Uh, knowledge, you know, um, of P- trying to teach PTs to think a little differently than they do. And, you know, that, that, are kind of like, uh, uh, new science that we can try to incorporate, uh, to help people better and move better. So I go around, uh, with him almost everywhere. Just I didn't, I couldn't get him to the UK for obvious reasons. And then the little kid, uh, is, uh, Adan. Uh, so in the Maasai village, where we, were, uh, we were hosted by uh, Adan. And again, that photo uh, was taken by uh, Dr. Freeman uh, or Dr. Sibor if you wish. Uh, and uh, we were just uh, – it was in the evening. We were from treating the community. There's a local uh, um, kind of like a small hospital where you don't uh, – there's not a lot going on because of the – um it's a small house it's really small so there's they don't really have uh, a lot of equipment within that area. And so we were just having um, in the evening uh, chilling we were listening to their music they they play different traditional instruments and they sing as well. so they were singing reggae and you know we we're just having a good time uh, and you know, uh, having to, give the baby some little sugar to and the baby it, is? uh a dance a dance baby that's a dance uh, uh tadbon tadbon son
0: yeah amazing photo and again i mean is what is it, is it just the people you know have got great smiles or is it all kenyans with great smiles
1: i guess we we smile a
0: lot uh, yeah i definitely saw that i mean when i was had the pleasure of going there and i went for a run with a group and within two minutes everyone's singing and raising their hands up and you know and it was amazing it's just a great experience such a positive country and i'm not going to get into it now because we could talk about that forever but there's such a distorted view of africa um here in the uk and I imagine in other countries of the world and i think i said it before in another uh, web chat um i read an article a few years ago about the famous kind of uh live aid song the do they know it's christmas time song You know, know the song, and I read an article kind of criticizing it, saying that this this song by Bob Geldof has done so much harm in the image of Africa and where nothing ever grows. And do they know it's Christmas time and all this tragedy and death and stuff. And and that's happened in Africa and still happens in places. But it gave the UK this impression that Africa is just a, a barren land with nothing ever grows. Everyone's dying. Everyone's starving. And it's so not true. You know. Um, and it was going to Kenya and seeing the productivity with 60 to 70 percent of the industry being agriculture um, and just the, the the wisdom and the knowledge and the smiles. And it's as always, you know, you guys and Africa and, and so many other countries have got so much to to teach us. Um, and so it's a shame, like you said, that, that with things like Brexit, and I don't want to get political, but surely moving forwards is breaking down walls instead of building them up. I think that's kind of logical. So anybody without mentioning any American presidents who are building walls, I think that is a step backwards. It's got to be. You know, how is that? You know, it's, anyway, we won't go into politics. Right. Listen, mate, um, I've got to talk to you about runners, because although I believe that everything you do and say will be inspirational to any runners who are watching this. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. from Kenya, you're aware of. Um, well, when I went to Kenya, I, I expected everybody to be running kind of like sub three hour marathons. I now realize that that was a little bit, if anything, racist on my part, because it's not the case. Um, as I was very glad when I went out with a running group, um, I've realized now that that although there are so many of the elites come from. I mean, I've got a statistic here in which I want to get it right, um, which I read uh, the other day. Yes, this was from 2011. Um hmm. 17 American men, uh, athletes um, in history have run under 210 in a marathon. Okay, that was in 2011. In that same year, 32 from the Kalenjin tribe um, managed to run that time. So, I mean, what is it? Let's talk in the remaining time we've got about what is it that makes, in particular, the Kalenjin tribe and the whole um, Eldorat area and the Rift Valley is it nature or nurture? What's your take on it?
1: Uh, I would say both ways. Um, the environment they live in is really high altitude. So that in relation to the oxygen capacity, uh, you know, kind of like the ability to endure uh, long distance, uh, distances in terms of running is um, kind of like um, an added advantage because of the environment that they have grown up in and lived in. And... Uh, um, I would say uh, yeah the, the Kalijins they're they're the best uh, no doubt about it um, uh, although we've had uh, Kenyans are starting to uh, get inspired by them so we've, we uh, we have we're seeing kind of like a, a rise in uh, long distance runners from different tribes as well uh, my tribe is trying but uh I don't think they're that good <laughs> <laughs>
0: tribe what's your tribe again
1: a uh, lure
0: okay so yeah uh hi to all the lures out there yeah we'll just make sure you get a plug for your tribe
1: <laughs> yeah. so yeah you
0: mentioned obviously the high elevation um there's been other theories like from an anatomical perspective they talk about the kind of thin calves thin ankles the idea that there's less pendulum weight at the bottom do you think that is i mean have the Kalenjin tribe got particularly skinny ankles and feet or is that a bit of a myth
1: they they are skinnier compared to other different tribes that's uh, uh if you if you do kind of like a statistics base or if we if we kind of put different tribes standing together uh they they are more leaner in terms of their body shape um, they don't really it's very hard to see um uh, i'll say a big a big calendar. don't want to use the word fat uh because of obvious reasons but it's hard to it's hard to see uh one like that, um, so, yeah, they they're leaner compared to other Kenyans uh, in terms of their body mass, in terms of their body weight as well.
0: yeah, so it could be a factor as well. Um, and then the other yeah. thing I've read is maybe, I mean, there was a famous story of um, uh, Kip Kiner, who the stadium's named after. um, it was in the Mexican Olympics. Where there was a big upset and he won, and it turned out that he'd been told a few days before not to actually run the race because he was suffering from what was he suffering from? Um, I think it was a gallbladder Oh yeah, gallbladder infection, uh, which is incredibly painful. And yet he not only you know ran it, he actually won it. Um, And so there is this idea that because he's obviously from the same tribe, this idea that maybe. Culturally-wise, I mean, they've got some quite, I don't know if it still happens, but historically there's some quite severe initiation ceremonies and stuff, which the kids go through to reach manhood. And is that overpaid yeah. or does that still happen?
1: Yeah, uh, it still happens. Um, uh, some, some of the cultures we still practice. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a painful, uh, it's a really painful initiation uh, to be from trans- transition from boyhood to uh, being a man. Uh, you know, you get circumcised, there's no anesthesia, uh, although it's, it's starting to change. Uh, uh, so, it's, you know, you, there's a time, there's a period in time where you're, you move away from the community. Uh, so it's, a, your age groups, you kind of get plastered in, uh, um, away from the community, like really in the bush, you know, you go hunting, you look for your own food. Um, so that, 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 that initiation kind of really makes you, uh, you know, be capable of weathering uh, tough situations, I would say, because yeah. uh, cause of how it's done. And uh, you're constantly uh, um, programmed to withstand really harsh situations, you know, because uh, you also have an overseer who kind of just makes sure that, you know, there's not chickening out. You have to go through the process. And once they go through the process, you know, they're excited about it. Uh, Again, you're staying away from the community until you heal, before you get back to the normal community and it's a ceremony and you're looking for your own food. Sometimes they bring the food to you. Uh, So I will say mindset. um, A lot of time, if you look at the mindset of the Kenyan runners, it's different. um um, i don't know i don't know whether we are running away from our problems (laughs) because some of them really come um from poor uh poor communities so the odds to win is multiple you know multiplied i really want to win this regardless of what i'm feeling at the time you know and we we both know that can be uh, a good or a bad thing, depending on what's going on, uh, pathologically, um, uh, within the runner system. But I'll say that that is a really big factor, um, uh, cause I, we, uh, we organized a marathon, uh, uh, uh with run for life, um, in Nandi. So Nandi is the home of champions. That's where they all come from. Uh, uh, so Eliot, Eliot, Eliot Kipchogi was, the speaker he was a speaker at the, at the uh, just a day before the marathon and he said um, you know some uh, i want to try and uh, kind of remember the exact exact words he used but he said i put i put my mind to it and i was thinking of it i was thinking that this this is what i want to do i want to i want to do it and I want to win it. So the mindset aspect of Kenyans as well is really different when it comes to them running the marathons that they do. Uh, So it plays, it's a big factor and just also the upbringing, uh, the hardships kind of, it makes you either a strong person or a weak person. You know, you never really know what happens to, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely multifactorial. And they're always saying when when we do eventually, Get the sub two marathon it will be a mixture of different factors because all of these elites are very similar when it comes to vo2 max and performance indicators i mean the shoes in theory depending on what you read can make a difference but i mean that's probably maybe be a tiny bit of the factor but yeah the mental psychological input i think is huge and that's why we've seen over the years that certain countries dominate a particular sport uh, but once a new person from a different country gets the record or wins then suddenly all the champions come from that country because it just opens up this untapped reserve of energy we've got you know we saw the same thing like when mike tyson got put down suddenly everyone was beating mike tyson you know because you've got that very powerful something we can't tap into very easily so maybe that's a massive Mm -hmm. factor i mean with with the kenyan runners they've got the the physical performance aspects the the anatomy but there's that they managed to tap into that area which you know so few of us ever will and can uh, but yeah it's uh it's fascinating watching them and it was a pleasure um to to be over in kenya and see a few of them training in in the, uh, the parks no it's great yeah it's amazing um, 26 yeah, yeah one, one, thing uh, one thing i'll mention as well
1: is they if you go to Nandi or if you go to uh, uh the kalendin community when you see the the lead runners uh, when they go for trainings, the kids join them. So the young ones also kind of run with them. Either they're running to school, and then they branch off once they get to where the school is. So it's a build-up of training. So they start. They start when they're kids, you know. It's more or less like if you look at the basketball environment uh, in the U.S., a lot of a lot of the super athletes. I'm a, I'm a big fan of LeBron James. <laughs> I'm gonna mention that. Uh, but if you look at they're really super uh, elite elite um, athletes. They started from a very young age, building up on all those different factors that kind of involved you being a sportsman. So I will say that also, that, that fact there also adds up to them being really good at, you know, uh, uh, kind of like running marathons. So, you know, it's just starting from a very young age and really building it up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I had the decision last time when I was over in, in Nairobi to either, I mean, George turned around to me and said, look, we can either go to Eldoret or we can go down to Safari. And I promised my kid I was going to bring back a photo of a giraffe. And I was like, oh, what do I do? Do I go to Eldoret and see all the elites and stuff? Or do I let my kid down? And I'm quite proud to say that I went with the latter. I mean, I had to do it. George has got kids of his own. But next time I'm over there, um yeah, I've definitely got to get up there and, um, and soak in some of that atmosphere and see the guys themselves. That would be amazing. Um, yes. It's 10.28, mate, and, um, yeah, I yes. wish we could talk for longer. But do you know if you're going to be planning on coming over to the UK again? Is there going to be a three R's, uh, the main R's or the big R's part two? Or you're not allowed uh, to say?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I, look forward to, uh, I look forward to coming back. Um, I, liked, I, I really liked um, the welcome that I got. And, you know, kind of just the change of perception in terms of, um, you know, what the environment there. Um, also, the people, the physios were really nice. Uh, so I would love to come back again. And de- Most okay. definitely, it has to be the three, uh, the three hours again.
0: Yeah. But it's reciprocal, mate. I mean, the reason you got such a good um, response was, was, well, down to the common factor, which was you. Um, and the joy of... Um, The Internet, the good thing of the Internet is people can still uh, learn from you and benefit from everything you do and show. And uh, by linking up with your Instagram, your um, Twitter, your Facebook, um, and hopefully we'll be hearing um, a lot more from you soon. If you are over in the UK again, then I'll definitely come and see you. And when I'm back over in Nairobi, we'll have to hook up again um, with George and the Run Beyond team. That'd be great as well. Um, is there anything you particularly want to say in your closing moments? Anything you want to finish off with to let people know about? Or
1: Yeah, well, just uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you to Jack. Uh, thank you to all the wonderful physios who kind of uh, let me uh, be in their clinics and work with them. Uh, thanks to Danielle. Uh, thanks to um, Paula. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm just grateful for the experience that I got to have
0: there. I probably will write a blog about it. Uh, oh, yeah. that'd be good as well. Yeah, we can catch up with you there. And where does your blog appear? On what website?
1: Ah, uh, it's gonna be. Uh, I'll hand it over to Zach. I'll hand it over to Zach so that he can he can do that. I uh, don't really have a website, but
0: yeah. Okay, mate. Brilliant. Well, look, you're an absolute gentleman. Um, I hope that people. Um, I know at the moment more people are watching this recording than live. I'm not sure if Sunday. 9 30 in the morning is a good time for everybody. <laughs> but it's a great time for me, and that's the important thing. So thank you for giving up an hour of your morning as well to join us. What have you got planned for us today? What are you up to? Uh
1: I'm gonna go listen to music. We have a Koroga festival in Nairobi. So yeah. Uh, it's uh it's yeah. Amazing. Time with family and friends, yeah.
0: Very nice. Well, I wish you all the best and um, yeah, people Watch uh, Martin, have a look at his social feeds, get to know him. Uh, Plenty of videos and messages out there. And um, yeah, thanks very much again, Martin. And we'll speak very soon. Cheers. So long. (laughs) Right then. Well, that was the amazing uh, Martin Kenyon physio. Um, I've got chills down my spine. I hope that the people watching this video um, kind of spread it and put it out there. Um, run chat live isn't about me making anything i'm just here in the clinic and we're about to do a day's full of work so it's just to try and bring people who i feel um um are worth both therapists and runners and anybody really in this case um just to bring into their lives to watch so if you enjoyed this then do please share in your social media streams get his name out there um and uh yeah next week what is next week Twenty, I don't know. We've got some great guests coming up. Um, we've got um, George, who I mentioned from Nairobi, coming up as well. He's opened up a running company. We've got Elizabeth Barnes is going to come in, uh, winner of the marathon de Sable, numerous times. We've got Ben Cormack coming in. I hope we can get Derek Griffin coming in. Uh, so pain specialists, movement specialists, um, physiotherapists. We've got loads lined up. So 9.30 on Sundays, if you want to join us live. Thanks again to Martin. I've got to go because we've got some work coming up soon. Um, So thank you. And hopefully we will see you uh, next week. Adios. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.